What is happening guys? My name is Chris and welcome back to another weekly episode of That Tattoo Show uh, podcast. You know, if you've been watching us for ages by now, you should know what we are and what we do. But for the new people watching, every Sunday, myself and my buddy, my pal, Mr. Purple-Handed Paul. Say hello, Paul. It's actually not Paul this week. This is the ghost of Paul. Um, it could be could, could be the Holy Ghost, but it's just the ghost of Paul. I'm not really well, guys. So, um, <laughs> the purple ghost of Paul. We've, we've picked a topic that uh, will get Chris nice and triggered and do all the talking, and I'm just going to, I'm along for the ride. Uh, this week, like we have every week, or most weeks anyway, we've got some, uh, have we got any news, actually? I've got some news. I have a letter. I have, a, I have received a package. Right, so... Well, all right. Well, hang on a minute. Before oh, I'm, I'm just doing the, I'm doing the pre, the preamble. the preamble. So we've got some news for you that Chris is clearly very excited about. Uh, we've got a couple of comments that I want to go through because there's been a couple of interesting comments on the channel this week. Uh, we've got a bit of giveaway news for April because we've got a new giveaway, uh, which kind of ties into the comments as well. And then this week's conversation is going to be five things that you shouldn't ask your, or say to your tattooist. Five, I think. <laughs> Which is the bit that's going to get Chris all triggered because you know because he's a fucking tattoo traffic warden, you know. <laughs> oh, no, do you know what? In my defence, I actually asked the boys today. I was like, "Right then, boys, five things that you should never say." So this comes from not just myself, but some of the other other guys that I work with as well. Chris, yo, bro, what's in the news, mate? I had a letter the other day. I had a package. I had a letter, quite a heavy package actually. And I thought I wanted to read it out and share it with you and with Paul. And uh, yeah, are you ready for this? Yeah, I don't care, but you know, carry on. It starts off, yo bro. <laughs> of course. A mutual acquaintance commissioned this machine and then decided not to pay for it. I had started the engraving, but it wasn't finished. So when I said I would build you a machine, I decided to use this machine as a base. Now, I was somebody who was going to make a machine for us to review on the channel. So it already had his logo on it, which I altered with the 369, and a big V was filigree on the grip for his name. <laughs> if you know me, you know who this is. I also added my bat logo with the opal inlay, and, the, and then I added your initials on the back. I thought this would make an interesting talking point for you about the story that happened not so long ago, like a trophy for your cease and desist letter and a thank you for watching my back. I hope you enjoy using this very unique Type F Killer B and I look forward to hearing what your thoughts are on it. Best regards, Batman. Fucking even Batman's getting involved in making tattoo machines now. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? That is awesome. So that's the... Uh the box. I think it is the first time I've ever had my initials engraved on a title machine. Who sent you that? HR Geiger. You got any comments you want to read out? I did see one. Let me find it. It says, The new Tatooine religion, the religion will be based on the belief that Tatooine is a sacred art form that has the power to connect us with the divine. So that is from Pete the Greek. 9864. Yeah, that's the guy that I gave a sticker to last week. I didn't read all of it, but like that bit really kind of like made me think um, about, where was it by now? It says, uh, I believe that tattoo is a sacred art form. Now, I don't know if he, if he, he, he is aware, but like certain cultures, tattooing is a sacred art form and they do believe that it does connect you with ancestors and, and so on. So like, it's kind of already that. I've got a couple of comments. Uh, I'm going to read all three comments and then I'm going to respond to them. 
uh, because they're, they're kind of all orbiting the same thing. So the first uh, comment comes from Daniel Medina 7572. Uh, and he says, my concern is what if they start doing updates like Apple to reduce battery life with software updates? Uh, and he's, you know, he's talking about battery powered tattoo machines and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, and then I want to I want to read the second comment, which is from, oh God, uh, Rodisman Prime ninety six twenty five. Sorry, forgot that wrong. Um, you know, whatever. Yeah, question regarding the quality of machines. Having worked in the mobile telecommunications industry for over eighteen years, I know the overall component of an iPhone is on average uh, at less than a hundred quid. Do you think it's the same for machines? And then finally. Phantom Freak, I think that's going to be. I have a Dragonhawk pen, paid 140 quid for it, and it works like a dream. I don't understand paying a £1,000 plus for something that's essentially the same. How can such a basic device be that different to warrant a £1,000 difference in price? It's an oscillating electric motor in an aluminum housing or aluminium housing. It doesn't automatically make you a better tattoo artist by paying uh, dollars for a pen machine. It's understanding the machine you're using and your own skill set as a tattooist that produce good work. I'll stick with my mast machine. Now, the reason I picked those three comments out is that I agree wholeheartedly with all you know all of those statements. Uh, I think I think the cost of tattoo machines uh, over the last few years has become ridiculous. Uh, I don't think that something that's as mechanically simple as a tattoo machine should ever warrant a £1,000 price tag. Uh, I understand that a phone with £100 worth of components in it, there's an awful lot of R&D into software and, and all that kind of stuff. Now, you might argue that the batteries have got software that's got to be researched and everything, uh, and an app has got to be built and all that, but I don't think an app needs to be built to control batteries. I think it's a complete waste of time. Uh, I think yeah. that the... You know, there's perfectly good tattoo machines out there like the Mast for a cup for 150 quid. My personal preference, as you know, is Rotary Works, which are you know a couple of 300 pound for you know a machine that is serviceable for life. I think that this is a dangerous kind of rampant consumerism that I'd like to see stopped in the world of tattooing because I think it's ecologically unsound to replace your tattoo machine every year when you know, because it's just got a blue flashing light on it and a fucking skull or something. I think, you know, you should be able to buy a tool that works for almost your entire career and service it for the length of your career. The other thing that I'm noticing from a global point of view, because I've spent a lot of fucking time recently watching television and so watching adverts, there's actually now a washing machine and like white goods company, I, th I think called Miele, uh, which I think a German company, are now advertising that they make their goods last for 20 years. So, you know, even... Yeah, when even, people are going back to Yeah, we're, we're starting to go back to thinking about that. And I think if you're a tattoo machine manufacturer out there and, uh, you know, you're looking at this and going, why are these tattoo machines 1,500 quid for a tattoo machine? And you can make one for a couple of hundred quid that is user serviceable for the life of the machine, then I think that, you know, that's what we need to start getting to as quickly as possible. We already create enough waste as an yeah. industry because we can't avoid it because of contaminated waste. 
Uh, and I think everywhere else we should be looking at this and going, we just don't need this stuff. Bluetooth controlled batteries with apps is ridiculous. Um, it's a fucking battery. I mean, you know, what's the problem? And I also think that the pen machines that all the current crop of pen machines have got unnecessary amounts of features in them that are just not re just not required for a tattoo machine. It, like you say, it's a motor with an offset cam that's driving a needle up and down. It's not that difficult to work, you know, to work out. And I just, I think it's fucking ridiculous. And I, I think the okay, average person... So I, I will say it's not as clean cut as that though. I think it is. It's not as clean cut as that. Like I answered one of them. It's not because, like, for example, it all depends on like, like pricing of 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 the components and stuff varies depending on the size of the company. So, like, I was speaking to the guy who owns this this company, and he's got motors in these machines that remember when they used to start running at nine yeah. volts and they want and nine to seventeen. So, like, people are asking him, "Can you make them so they run with batteries?" And he was like, "Yeah, I can take a look into it." But he's a small company, you know. He's an independent tattooist that. He designed these yep. machines to help with his hand injury. And when he looked into the costing of the motors, for him to get the motors at the quantity that he makes the machines at, yep. they would charge him £150 a motor. Now, for him to get the motors at, uh, I don't know, say like £50 a motor, he'd have to order a lot more, which means, but but he can't. So I think it's like the pricing of stuff is not as clean cut as, as we think. There's so many different variables do you know what I mean? And it's like, obviously, the more intricate you make your machine, the longer it takes to CNC. So then the more time is spent on it, more power is being used. Yes, I agree that you shouldn't have to spend a £1,000 or £1,500 on a machine. But like, I don't think it's as clean cut as saying like, oh, you know, a £150 mast machine is better or worse than a, a higher end machine because it all depends on the types of motors that have gone into them. I get it. There are, there are other factors, but... Um, like any consumer, uh, you are not being forced to buy any of these machines. And uh, I wholeheartedly agree with you yeah. that a fantastic £2,000 machine will not make me a better tattooist. I can do the same thing with a fucking knife and fork if I have to. It'll just take longer, right? Efficiency um, so is the big thing as well, isn't it? Yeah. It's like when you're... Like, I, I've tattooed with a mask machine and I've tattooed with a load of other machines, right? I can still get the same quality of work out of both machines. The only real difference between the two machines is um, that using the mask machine takes me longer and, and using, say, a different brand machine and get my work done quicker. So I can make more money using a different machine because I can get more work done. So as consumers, I think the, the only thing that we can do as an answer to this, um, if we all agree that tattoo machines should not cost a thousand pound, maybe we all agree that a, t a good pro-level pro tattoo machine should not cost any more than five hundred pounds. Then we should simply not buy them. Just don't buy it, right? They, like there's a, for instance, there's um, you know, for a lot of the audio stuff that I do, you know that I use a lot of plugins, right? And there's a, recently in the news, there's a company called Waves. Yeah. Who've been around for years and um, they've just gone subscription only. So they're no longer supporting any of the plugins that people have bought. Now, this is like £2,000 worth of plugin packages and all that sort of stuff. And they're not supporting it anymore. And you've paid for it, but that's it. You've paid for it. And when, once it, if it stops working, tough shit, you're going to have to subscribe. Now, that's been a horribly 
unpopular move. And so all that will happen is people just will not subscribe and they'll buy their plugins from elsewhere, right? So um, all we can do as consumers is vote with our feet and support the companies that we think are doing it the right way. You know what I mean? Now, I get what Chris is saying. If I'm buying a machine from an individual builder Who's, who builds seven machines a year or something like that because, you know, they're a you know, jobbing tattooist and all that sort of stuff, then if I'm going to pay a, pay a premium for that, I'm yeah. like, well, I'm, I'm okay with that. You know, it's one guy's work, right? It's built in his workshop. But at the same time, two yeah. of my favourite brands, Rotary Works, um, which are the machines I'm currently using, I pay £250 for a machine. Um, my other favourite uh, brand of machines is Swash Drive, and Swash Drive, I can have them delivered to my door, made for me for 400 quid. That's including the delivery. So I look at it and go, why on earth would I spend 1,500 quid on yeah. any of these pen-shaped tattoo machines when both of those, those brands are easily the equal of the best brands in the world? Like, and I can get... You know, it doesn't. Neither of those machines slow me down or make my work. And I don't have to compromise my work at all. In fact, if anything, I'm more comfortable using things like Rotary Works and Swash Drives and some of the other machines. And so, you know, all you got to do is look around. There's really, really good machines out there for really good money, and you just don't follow the herd and don't get, um, you know, sucked into. You know what the latest and greatest is. We've said this on the channel a few times. It's why we try and cover you know, budget-friendly machines as well as high-end machines. People want to look at high-end machines, but we don't all want to buy them. And I really do agree with you. I, I think the fears in those comments, I agree. But you know, you know what, I totally though, like, agree with you. Like, I, I, I do think, though, like, when you when you, when you you make comments like this one over there, like, I paid 140 quid for it, it works like a dream, I don't understand paying a £1,000 for something. Like, you're going in, you make, when you make comments like that, you are going into it with... You you and edu- you you're not educated on the 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 whole thing that goes into making machines. It all depends on the company. Some companies will test their machines for like I don't know twelve months nonstop. Some companies won't. Some companies will just take motors, bang them into a machine, and stick them on Amazon for hundred quid. They don't care. Like other companies care. Some companies don't. So it's not like so yeah, a hundred and forty pound machine off Amazon is not going to be the same quality of build and it's not going to have the same lifetime of, you know, life of use you're going to get. Yes, motors have a limited lifespan. Um, but you see, on the I other side a- of that, Chris, when you've got these companies bringing out a £1,000 machine and bringing out a new £1,000 machine every 12 months, the, the lifespan of those machines is only a year. Like, for a £1,000, I'd want them to be able to turn around and go, use it for 10 years. At least, like... Yeah, you but know. you can. you just got to change the motor. That, see, this is my argument. I think, like, like if you look at the, the Flux and all, all the other machines, like, you should be able to change the motor in them yourself. Yes. Or at least they should allow you to buy that component, like... To do you know the housing bit and just pop that into your machine. Yes, they should let let you do that. Right, to I repair. agree with that because like Reese, yeah, Reese has had a flux and he uses it every day, and he's had it for like fuck me, like over two years, and he, he, it still works fine. Still, do you mean? But like, yeah, I, I just think it's it's there's more to it than just kind of going, oh yeah, this hundred and forty pound machine is better than a thousand pound machine. It's is a lot more to it. Like I think one of them made a comment about Dan Cubin as well. 
and they said like, oh, Dan Cubin's machines are like 900 quid with a $4 motor. And it's like, yes. Yeah, do you know what? I think with Dan Cubin, again, it might come under the, like, I, I don't really know how he makes his machines, but it might come under that bracket of he makes them in small batches, so it costs more to produce, but ultimately you're also paying for the name. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Regardless of whether it's got, whether it's got a fucking 50 cents or $4 Chinese motor in it. Don't like get this, me wrong. I, I think every company, you know, I'm not saying that all tattoo machines should be capped at a certain price and you shouldn't be able to sell it. Like, I, I, everybody's allowed to set their price, but then we as consumers are also allowed to go, nah, mate, not Yeah, it. yeah, we could say nah, but at the same time, we need to have a little bit of understanding that of what goes into it. Because I think just saying like, Oh, how come a hundred and forty pound machine I bought off fucking Amazon or whatever is is it's thinking it's better than another one? I, I just think that's a misguided opinion. To be fair, sorry. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, yeah. it's it's definitely an educated opinion. Because uh, unless you know what goes into making a machine and all the manufacturing costs, and even like yes, with the big companies that sell these machines, like I said to you, like if you've got. Say, like, if you've got a pro team, right, and some of these companies have got, like, 150 pro team artists, and then they give a free tattoo machine away to 150 pro team, art, pro team artists. So the retail value is they've given away, like, £150,000 worth of tattoo machines. So what are you paying for? You know, when you're paying your £1,000, you're paying a portion of the protein yeah. free tattoo you pay, machines. you're basically paying the marketing costs. Like, with any business, they have to recoup, you know, all their marketing costs and everything from the sale of the product. Vote with your feet, kids. Vote with your feet. You know, just put your money where put your money where you believe it's going to be best spent. That that would be my uh, take on it. I um, I don't. Me and Chris don't agree about this. I don't think I don't think the tattoo machines are worth a thousand pounds. I just don't think that. I just don't think they are. You know, just I just and I, I never will. I just yeah. But I, you I you have the ridiculous. same with like some some people will probably say the same about getting tattooed. Like some people don't think paying somebody a thousand pound a day is worth it. Other people do. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's, it's, yeah, yeah. you're going to have differences of opinion with everything, I think. Talking about uh, cheaper tattoo machines, uh, how about a free tattoo machine? This is proving rather difficult. <laughs> this is what you could win. <laughs> so for the month of April, uh, we're going to be giving away one of four because uh, we're going to have four winners. So you can win yourself a masked archer tattoo machine. Um, we've no idea what colour they are. We'll just send you the box and it'll just be a surprise when you open it. Uh, all you've got to do to enter is head over to our Instagram. Instagram's down there. It's at that tattoo show on Instagram. Uh, the the uh, competition will be pinned at the top of the Instagram. Uh, look for the Master Archer competition. Uh, comment down below and tag somebody that you think should be watching that tattoo show um, and hopefully they'll come over here and subscribe. That's what we get out of the deal. What you get out of the deal is the chance to win a mass Archer machine uh, for free. So for all you people that have uh, <laughs> decided to skip forward... <laughs> you just missed out again. again on <laughs> some fucking cool shit. Oh, you just missed out. <laughs> Impatient motherfuckers. You just missed out... You just missed out on so, something very special. Uh, while I sit back and uh, let uh, let Chris get all triggered and ranty about all this sort of stuff, Chris, Yo. what are five things you should never say to a tattoo artist? Well, one thing, you can't really say it, but you type it. And one thing that really fucking grips my shit, like proper grips my shit, and like you, if, you'll never get tattooed by me if you do this. <laughs> 
I, I, it's, it fucking triggers me that much, right? But one thing that royally fucks me off, right, is like if somebody sends you an email or a message and you don't reply fast enough for them and they just send you the dreaded three question marks. Oh, my fucking God. Someone done it to me the other day and I think my exact response was like, not be funny. I said, that is not the way to go about getting an appointment with me. I said, fucking do, I, I honestly, like, it's just fucking rude. It is pretty rude to be fair. It's like, I'm, so, I'm sorry, like, you know, I'm a fucking tattooist. I tattoo. I make a fucking podcast. I have to draw people's fucking designs. I have, I'm a fucking father. Do you mean? I have to look after my fucking child. I answer my emails when I can. I'm not like on fucking call 24 seven. And that's the one yeah, thing. Yeah. That just fucks me off. I, I I I literally just block people. If someone sends me three question marks, block, <laughs> block. I can give a fuck. I think that's a that's a pretty universal feeling for I most fucking people. Does though, my isn't it? The three question marks is a is a no no. Like, so don't do that. Like you know, like give at least give people a chance to uh, reply to you. You know, and I think somebody had sent me a message at seven thirty on a Sunday morning. Well, and at seven thirty five had sent me three question marks. They'd well, literally I, given me five minutes in the early hours of Sunday morning. I'm like, mate, forget it. It's not happening. Exactly. I, I tell you a funny story, right? I was sitting in my house one night. Luckily, I was up, you know, playing on the PlayStation or whatever. Two o'clock in the morning, somebody fucking sent me a message asking about a tattoo. And I never replied. I was like, yeah, fuck you. I'm not replying. Like, because yeah. I think they sent the question mark as well. I was like, yeah, no. Um, and like, and it was like a month or so later, he, he was sitting in the room when we used to share a room, getting tattooed by one of, my, one of my business partners. And like, he just looked at me and he was like, oh yeah, I messaged you about getting tattooed, but you didn't reply. And I was like, yeah, because you messaged me at fucking two o'clock in the morning, you stupid. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? I was like, what the fuck were you thinking? Like, and he, question mark. I'm like, fuck off, dicks. I'm not like this to everybody, so don't worry. That that just fucking grips my shit. The other thing, right? And and I think Nipper mentioned this earlier. One thing that really fucks him off, and I think most tattooists as well, is when you are out with your friends or family and you are in a pub and somebody cottons on that you're a tattooist, right? And starts going, oh, I want to get a tattoo, I right? do. And starts fucking showing you. And they like ask, and you're just like, please, mate, I'm just trying to have a fucking meal. Like I've yeah. had that happen to me once before, right? Yeah. Every time I went out on the weekend, it was the same person and I would entertain it. I would be like, oh yeah, no problem, mate. This is before I become a grumpy old man. I was like, yeah, no problem, mate. Yeah, yeah, no, if you want to get tattooed, just pop to the shop. You know, we're only up a road, blah, 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 blah. I spent like 20 minutes or half an hour talking to him. And like the fifth time I was out, I just turned around and said, fucking hell, mate. I said, you ask me this every fucking week. I said, I am with my missus. We're trying to have a fucking quiet drink. And every time I come out, you do this. <laughs> I've lost my shit with him, all right? And then he starts going around going, I don't know who that fucking Chris thinks he <laughs> is. blokes on have a quiet drink in a pub. Like, I think I'm somebody that's just trying to go out for a quiet... That's the way it is. Do, do, you know, you, do you think doctors get it? Oh, you're a doctor, are you? Do you know what? I've got a bit of a pain I in my stomach. I know you eated your food. I bet they do. Oh, I bet yeah. they do. Oh, come on, it's like a dentist. Yeah. Like, you're a dentist in a restaurant trying to eat your food and someone comes up to you and it's like, <laughs> I'm sure they that do. Is exactly I'm sure they do. You know. They're fucking dicks. Like, um, have you got any? I tell everybody, like, you know, people do sometimes randomly 
you, you know, do they do do some weird stuff. Like one of the most common things is you walk into a tattoo studio as a normal human being, and as you walk into the tattoo studio, you seem to lose the ability to sit on a chair. Oh my god! Like, yes. You know. <laughs> Everyone, no one knows. It's like they look at the chairs and go, "How do I sit?" What down? is it, right? But what what I tell all my guys is, is what you have to remember is we're not meeting people in their best moment, right? They're a bit nervous. They're a bit apprehensive. Mm. They don't know what's going on. So sometimes people do do some very, very funny things in tattoo studios. And we diffuse that by just uh, having a laugh with them, pointing out how silly it is, and then it just becomes a bit of a joke then, and then it's fine. But, you know, I mean, don't think that we're being mean about clients. We do have, we a, have laugh a laugh about with clients, our clients. But there are, there are some people that just don't yeah, seem yeah, yeah. to have the social graces that you, you need to book a tattoo, you know. Do you know what, what though? One thing I will say is the people that always speak to you when you're when they are drunk and pester you when you're out, they are the ones that will never get tattooed by you. They just want to fucking talk at you and tell you about their hopes and dreams of getting all these fucking tattoos and and, and then you know as they fucking you know drink more, their hopes and dreams fade away. Well, I thought one of the first things you'd you'd come up with was um, do not call it a tattoo gun. It's a machine. Oh, I don't give a fuck about that, to be fair. I honestly don't care. Oh, I honestly don't give a damn about that sort of you thing. You can call it a fucking tattoo what? chopstick. If yeah, you want. I don't care. But the one that does, um, it doesn't really... It's um, not a gun. It doesn't do my machine. fucking head in too much, but it does always make me go, oh, it's weird. And it's. I think it's... I don't know if this is a colloquialism in the Midlands and, and not in the rest of the UK. So, you know, if you're in the UK, let me know. But certainly in the Midlands, and I've had to explain this to a few American clients who seem to be very keen on referring to them as tats. I want to get a tat, right? Now... Oh, I don't give right, a fuck what people do. Right, so, but here's, here's the thing, though. In the Midlands, right, if you use the word tat as a piece of slang, it actually means... It's something that is of no value. So if I got a load of old bricks in my back garden, it's and a, you load, me, what's a load that? of old tat. Though. It's just a load of old tat. So whenever anybody keeps referring to my work as a tat, it's it's a tat. I always think it's almost like an insult that it's not worth anything. It's an insult, you know. So I do say to them, please, can you just call it tattoo? Because I can't help but read junk when every time you do that because of where I grew up, you know. Um, so that's yeah. probably the only. And it doesn't bother me that much. You know, you have to read past it and go, look, the rest of the entire world calls them tats. So you have to, you know, tats. you just kind of have to be done yeah. with it. You know? So that doesn't really bother me. It's certain things. I, I got another one, right? Uh, I think one of the boys said this earlier. Can you do it in my house for a discount? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, I've, do I turn out to myself? Yeah. If you want me, like, I, I, I say, no, I, I, won't, I won't tattoo in your house. And even if I was going to tattoo in your house, right, it would have to be out of hours. Therefore, I would fucking charge you more. Do you know what I mean? It's n- me having to take all my equipment to your house is more of a pain in the ass than you coming to my fucking shop. So therefore, I will charge you fucking more. Like, I'm not going to do it, obviously. But yeah, so that, that's another word. Uh, and the other word, what do you say? I'll let you practice on me for free. And he was like, why would I let you practice on me for free? Why would I practice on you for free when I get paid yeah. to tattoo yeah. people in my shop. Well, I'll take that one I'll take that one a bit further, right? You know, uh one of the, those that um that I always like sort of raise an eyebrow at is um when I get emails from tattoo collectors 
who want to do me the honour of uh, allowing me to put my artwork on along with their collection of tattoos and they can expect them to be for, for free. And I'm like, you, you just want a free tattoo, mate. Forget it. Can, can I say something? Mean? I don't know, right, where the fucking term tattoo collector came from, but that is the dearest <laughs> fucking terminology. It's so fucking arrogant. You're not a fucking tattoo collector. You're just a person that likes getting tattooed. You're not a fucking art gallery. There is nothing special about you. You are literally... Dave that has some nice tattoos. Isn't, I, but just I don't isn't know where everybody on planet Earth with more than one you, tattoo now a tattoo collector? It's just a small... If you've only got two tattoos, yeah. it's a small collection, but it's the beginning of a collection. I mean... Jesus fucking... Uh, to me, I've always thought of these as like the groupies in the music business. You know what I mean? They're, they're like... They're more like tattoo groupies. Oh, I don't get the whole tattoo collector thing. I'm like... I'm like and hey, that makes you special or, or deserving of a free tattoo. You know, when somebody else is prepared to pay my day rate and... and wait the time it takes to get a tattoo. Why shouldn't they get a tattoo instead yeah, of I, you? Like, I will what, say. Who, the, who the fucking died and made you special? Like, you know what I, I mean? I, yeah, I don't want to sound like I'm a being a prick or anything, right? But, like, I can't help but think, like, you know, if somebody says, I'm a tattoo collector, I can't help but think, like, have you got that little going for your life that, you know, t- saying to people that you're a tattoo collector makes you feel that you're above people I don't know I'll tell you a true I'll tell you a true story about this Um, years ago I actually worked a tattoo collector convention what? yeah fucking straight up yeah so and I I was um, I was stood getting a cup of coffee and there were two people talking and I couldn't see them like you know and uh, somebody was telling them oh man you're you're your journey through tattooing has been such a, 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 an incredibly inspirational thing for me. I've styled all my work after you. And I think you're a, like just an absolute inspiration. And I looked round expecting for it to be two, two tattooists, tattooists speaking, right? And it was two people who, who get tattooed, two clients. And I'm like, and I'm like, what that's fucking the, wild. How the fuck does this even work? You know, it's so deluded, that kind of thing. I mean, everybody's a tattoo collector. Everybody deserves, you know, if you've got the money and you want to, you know, and you'll jump through the hoops, you can get tattooed by any artist you like. There shouldn't, there's no, you know, you, there's um, no badge of office. It's not like we have like, it's, it's like, I think it's this need yeah. to create like, oh, there's all the tattoo people here, but I'm better than them. And it's like, you know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Do you think, do you think it is like, I don't know, it's just the people, um, it's the same with like people, some, some people's reasoning, for example, for like being religious, let's say, is because they just feel the need to belong to something. And then maybe them being a tattoo collector gives them like some fucking meaning in life. I don't know. Uh, just fucking... you know. Are you a tattoo collector? Comment down below and give us your take on it. I mean, we, you know, you might completely venomously disagree with what we're saying. And I'd love to hear the kind of tattoo collector's take on it because I think everybody with more than one tattoo is a tattoo collector. I don't, and, you know, personally. But, hey, I'm prepared to change my mind if you can give me a good reason why a tattoo collector is, is more special than any other client. Like, you know? This wouldn't... I don't think this would work in any other industry as well. It's like, can you imagine if you had, like, a, you you were so rich and you bought, like, a fucking mansion with, like, 50 bedrooms and you're like, I'm actually a, a painter and decorator collector. I <laughs> This room was painted by yeah. Port Albert. You know, it cost me... Extra, yeah. I like the way he cuts his lines in without masking tape, you know. He's really good. He sands... And then this room by year was painted by so-and-so, so-and-so. I like the way he mixes his own colours by, by eye and... It, it, it's like, when you say it, 
when you say it in the sense of like being a painter and yeah. decorator collector, I mean, it's, it, it, it sounds it, it, fucking it's just, ridiculous. It's it's just a bit weird. Yeah, it's just a bit weird in the world. <laughs> but of, it's perfectly uh, acceptable. In, just, in I think that's I'm a problem. ham sandwich collector. I go around the UK collecting. I, I sample ham sandwiches from different shops and I grade them. I think the on, other one that always raises eyebrows in in our shop is when you have somebody come in, and obviously we, we get to hear this through the wall now because we've got a reception in the shop these days. And so we're, you know, you'll see everybody will kind of like look up and raise their eyebrows as somebody's chatting. It's when somebody comes in and says, I want to get this tattoo and uh, I want it this big. It'll only take a couple of hours. So it's, <gasps> how much is that going to be? When they tell it's, you how it's long like, it takes to do oh my When they tell you how long it's going to take take you to do it and he's like you've no idea how I tattoo like you know well, it'll only take a couple of hours he's like well you fucking tattoo it then in two hours <laughs> oh that fucking does my nothing oh my god oh that stresses me out like I mean just, let's I be honest it's like, normally oh. it's normally born out of in case you know you'll look at this going oh god I've said that sort of thing normally it's my my take, my take on that is it's normally born out of somebody that's got a budget and you'd be much better off going into a tattoo studio going, look, I've only got a couple of hundred quid and I want to get a tattoo. What's possible for the, the time? And then most tattoos yeah, go, yeah. well, look, if you want colour realism, that's going to be a much smaller tattoo than if you want a traditional tattoo because we, can do, we could do a much bigger tattoo in a traditional style because it's much, it's much quicker to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's a much better approach than going in and going, it'll only take a couple of hours. I just, I just don't get that, oh, you know what I mean? Oh, fucking stresses me out. I got, it's like when people try and book in and it's like, oh, I'm really sorry, I haven't got any availability. And it's like, well, what if I pay extra? And it's just like, that, that, like unless you can fucking magic an extra day of the week out of your fucking arse. Do you like, want to know my, my because, record for the backhander to jump the queue? Because I get, I get asked this a lot. And so uh, my record is somebody offered me three and a half grand on top of my day rate. I'd take to that, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, no. Do you know what Reese said? Reese, Reese fucking, he turned on to it. Like, if somebody turned on to me and offered me 10 grand to jump the queue, I would phone my client and say, really sorry, I need to cancel your appointment tomorrow, but as a way of compensating you, I'm going to give you your next session for free. That was, that was kind of my take on it. I kind of went back and went, well, look, if that guy's prepared to do that, then message the two people that I'd have to get rid of to get that tattoo done and tell them on the... on. Uh, bad news, I've got a rescheduled appointment. Good news is some daft twat has yeah, paid exactly, for it. Yeah, exactly, yeah. You know what I mean? And I'll just, you can have your tattoo for nothing. I got another I mean? one here from Reese, right? And I, this isn't going to be the same for, like, this will really trigger some artists because I know there's a lot of tattooists out there that for some reason will not let people see any design until like the day of their appointment. But we let people see designs sooner because we like to work with our clients to make sure that they get what they want and so on. Sometimes people trust us and we can just fucking crack on. But uh, one thing that I think is a really uh, bit of a trigger for one of the boys in the shop was yep. when clients yep. ask to see I mean, the design I've, six months before their appointment. Yeah, I mean, I think six months out is a little bit long, to be honest with you. Um, I... Because I don't take commissions anymore at the moment. You know, I close my books for commissions for the foreseeable future. I find it difficult to get to my own stuff. I you know, it's all about the art, right? <laughs> and when you're doing nothing but commissions, um, your portfolio is at the mercy of your clients. And you know, I I really need to do some some more work. You know, my artwork has changed during COVID, and I really yeah. want to get on top of it, so I'm not doing them. But when I was doing them. That was one of the biggest stresses in my life was, you know, was doing the artwork and then having to send it to the clients because you send it out a couple of weeks early 
And then they sometimes they come back and go, brilliant, love it. But sometimes they come back and go, no, I want all these changes. And quite often, then you realise that actually mm. that like the the brief was incorrect. So what what I hated having to go back to them and go, look, I'm going to have to start again with this artwork. So I'm going to have to reschedule your appointment because I'm not going to be able to get it to you a couple of weeks in advance. And and they well, I'll see it on the day. And I'm like, no, I, I can't do that because it's incredibly stressful for me and it's incredibly stressful for you. What happens if you turn up and you don't like it? Right, you know, I, I hated that situation. That was one of my biggest bugbears of doing commissions. I just hated doing that yeah, sort of that's stuff. Yeah, that's why you... It was just, it was just always really awkward, like, which is why... You know, I'm I'm currently I'm making my own artwork and just selling it. Supposedly, I think you know, and it's that's working out a lot better for me. It's a bit like you know, back in the day with Flash and all that sort of stuff, when people, um, uh, you know, you'd go into a tattoo studio, uh, you wouldn't spec anything, you just look at the pictures on the wall, pick the one you wanted. It's kind of like that, except that the pictures on the wall are on a website and, you know, there's not hundreds of thousands of them, there's like 20 of them. You know, you just go pick a piece of artwork that you want and you know, buy it and that's that, it's done, you know. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think six months out is is maybe a little bit much. But I think I think if that client, I mean, in that instance, I'd be inclined to go back and go, look, I can do this six months out, but I'm going to have to take some time out to do this for you. Are you prepared to pay an artwork fee? You know, and then if they are, then, you know, and go, look, I can, you know, I can take a bit of time out and do this yeah, for you, but so it's going to cost you a little bit extra because I'm, you know, it's a long way out from the appointment, you know. Uh, and then people have got the choice then, haven't they, of that whether they wait or not, you know. Uh, this one, I think, I don't know, this might trigger you. Uh, this, this is definitely something that fucking does my nut in. It's like when you've done a tattoo on somebody. So when you've tattooed somebody and you tell them the full aftercare, they come back in then and maybe their tattoo uh, isn't healed the best. And you say, have you followed the instructions? And then they say, well, my dad's mate said I shouldn't look after the tattoo the way you've said, you've told me. And I should do this, this, this. And like your instant response is like, is your fucking dad's friend a tattooist or is he a baker? Do you know what I mean? Like, how the fuck does he know? It's like, I've been tattooing for X amount of years. I know this heals my tattoo as well listen to what I fucking say and then you've got to read and then you expect yeah, you no, to we, touch um, free and it's like fuck no we, we don't do my instructions. free touch-ups if you don't follow our aftercare advice simple as that you know and it's just it's simple as that you know we, we, that's just hard fast oh, no. for us because people um, they do you know I mean it's one of those things isn't it where you know the, oh you got yourself a, a sweet new tat uh, you want to speak to Bob. He's got 37 tattoos. He knows everything about tattoos. And then he'll go, well, what you want to do is rub it with this E45 cream and roll around in the graveyard at midnight and, and sing the, and sing the you know, the prayer to the tattoo gods and it will heal perfectly, you know, and all that. You hear all kinds of, like, mad shit, mad shit. All right, so I'm going to end this with... Uh, I'm going to end this because we're over time. So I'm going to end this with uh, with one more little anecdote. Uh, this is a personal one because I couldn't think of five things for all the other tattoos. I could only think of a couple for me. Um, one that comes up to me that I think is kind of a great indicator that winds me up to go is when somebody walks in and goes, because in case you don't know, I've got quite a unique tattoo style that you can tell it's a Paul tattoo, right? You know, uh, I'm not being Billy Big Spuds or anything, but it, you can tell it's me, right? Um, so I had a client, and this has happened a few times, but this, the one that comes to mind is when a client comes in and says, right, I've had a go at your style. I think I've done pretty good, and I reckon this is the artwork oh. you should put on me. And um, 
So this this particular client flips open his uh, his laptop, and uh, he's had a go at doing you know thirty years of of my you know digital collage work in Microsoft Paint on a two hundred pound laptop, <laughs> right? And it's absolute garbage, right? You know. Um, so mm. I I went. I was, you know, he was a nice enough guy, to be honest with you. But oh. I was, um, I thought, well, I'll be polite about it, but I'm going to have to redo it. I said, okay, like, I'll, I'll do it. So I took the elements and and put it all together in front of him. And then when we got to the end uh, and he saw the artwork and I went, right, that's that's what I think it should look like. And his first comment was, fucking hell, that's a good laptop. And oh. <laughs> so forget... The, forget the years of experience, the years of working as a graphic designer and in publishing work and as a collage artist, it's all to do with I've got a really expensive laptop. <laughs> Which I think, you know, there's a, there's a part of me that, that just laughed about it, but there's another part of me that was dreadfully annoyed about it and went, how fucking dare you? You know, this is my job. I, I spend a lot of time doing this, you know, <laughs> fuck's sake. And so with that, there's a, like about a thousand things you shouldn't say to tattooists. Who, who knows? I hope it's at least given you a bit of a laugh this Sunday morning. Just before we go, uh, don't forget to like, comment and subscribe and all that sort of business. Um, big thank you to our sponsors, Electrum and Total Tattoo Magazine. Hello, Hello everybody. Thank you for your continued support. We really appreciate it. Uh, we haven't mentioned you for a few weeks, and so we thought we'd give you a little shout out. Uh, and so with that... This has been That Tattoo Show. Tell the lawyer, tell the judge, tell the priest. Tell everybody to stop putting three question marks in their comments. Because <laughs> you know somebody in the comments is going to do that this week, just to wind us up. You know, the purple language you know? slap. <laughs> and so this has been That Tattoo Show. I've been Paul. And I've been Chris. And we'll see you next week, guys. Take care. Tati bye. Mm.